special guest today is an awesome actress who, before joining the bill, had already starred in a string of movies and music videos before making a huge impact during her two years in Sunhill CID. Since leaving the series, she has continued to shine both in front of and now behind the camera. And today we are very lucky to hear about her latest filmmaking project. And guess what? You've got a chance to support it as well. Ladies and gents worldwide, you've inundated me with requests for this one and now the moment has arrived because Kate's back. Make some noise of a mighty Tanya Emery. Tanya, Woo! welcome. Woo! Yeah. Tanya, come on. <laughs> come on, let's do it. Yeah. Oliver, I'm here. We're you here. You are here. It's fantastic to have you on the Bill podcast. Oh. We're just kind of coming out of this lockdown situation. So as a human, how has lockdown been for you these past crazy months? The good stuff is I, I've, I have a son, he's five and a half, and, you know, with a busy life, you know, parenting is usually sort of exhausted evenings and, you know, kind of uh, blurry mornings. But I've had some lovely time with my son. And also I've been in prep for my film, for my short film, How to Succeed in Biscuits Without Really Trying. Um, and that's been a sort of a labour of love over the last couple of years. And it's been really helpful to have this time at home. You know, I have a, you know, I've had a bit of childcare to, to, to really plug away and to refine and to get my sort of crew together, but also have this lovely time with my son. So personally and professionally, it's been actually a bit Garden of Eden, to be honest. I think it's, and it's been lovely to just chill out. So I think I'm sure you can identify with this, Ollie, you know, as a creative and somebody who has a passion. It's sort of um, it's really nice to have those slower moments because life is so fast. Since the Industrial Revolution, Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> on i mean life has just gone you know where's the quality of life I mean, you know? you've got the balance better than most because you're not really a, a social media person are you you know no. that's, it ain't good for the mental health if it wasn't for the podcast i wouldn't be on there um, would you not no no I'd, I'd quite happily enjoy life analog and um, analog absolutely real to real yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. I hear you. You know what? Actually, it's, it's funny because I'm I, I'm not. Yeah, as you say, I'm 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 not a you know not a social media person, and I've always been known every, every cast I've been in. They're like you're a very private person, aren't you? <laughs> and everything was private, which is antisocial. Like sitting there glum in the corner with the pot noodle, like no fun. Listen, it's a great tool, and it's been amazing. You know, in in this this quarantine time, to have social media and people posting stuff that's really helped me. And you know, gym instructors, my son and I, you know, doing them same as everybody else at like nine thirty in the morning, getting up on Facebook and doing it or whatever. But I, I do tend to be a bit. But with the film, it's been it's really helpful for the film. So, so I'm going to be doing much more of it because I've got something I want to say. I think that's the thing. It's not about other people. It's about me. I just have a lot, you know, a lot more. You know, I want to share what I'm having for dinner. You know, whilst I'm making my film, yeah. um, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Well, we want to know. So tell us all about it. I'd love fr from the beginning because this is, well, it's a taster for a feature film, isn't it? So, That's right. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. So I'll, I'll try and I'm, I'm not brilliant at the elevator pitch, the sort of 30 second version. I do sort of tend to go on and on. So this this came from, I did like one or two days of temp work in this branding agency. And um the, the the guy who ran it, the founder, was this just fantastic character. And, and I thought, I've got to make a film about you at some point. You are just wonderful. He was this sort of squat little guy in his 60s, walking around in sort of hobnail boots and low slung denim, but with an office, you know, sort of, you know, with a kind of suit shirt on. But he had, you know, the, the, he had this sort of swagger about him. Just everything about him was 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 funny, but wonderful, but fascinating. And I just thought, God, who, you know, who are you? And he was in branding, advertising. 
which again is a, a world that I find fascinating. I, I really do think there are some amazing artists in the advertising world, uh, people who I you know, really admire. So all this sort of came together. And I, a few years after I, I left the bill, I was still you know, acting and, and doing movies and stuff. But I, I sort of realized that, that there was a lot more I wanted to explore within my own creative. And you know, having had phenomenal experiences you know, on the bill and in movies and other, other TV, working with incredible filmmakers, DOPs, I mean, everything in there, the list is endless. I really got a taste for being the other side of it and I wanted to explore that. So I started, comedy is my thing. I love comedy and always have, that's, that's my sort of, you know, that, that was my way through childhood, watching movies and, you know, um, comedians. And I, I, I sort of thought, I, I want to I write, I want to do this. I, I, I want to write, I want to see, you know, having read so many scripts, I want to see if I can do this. And so I, I started writing little bits and bobs, little sketches, and um, I, I got into to a little group in Radio 4, and I'd write bits and pieces, little sketches. You know, I didn't have my show or anything, but I was sort of in with some interesting writers, comedy writers. And it's where I met Richard Turner, who is my co-writer on, on this, this film. And um, I started making short films. I, I made my short film Working Lunge in 2013. That was a Which while is ago. Brilliant. It's fantastic. It, isn't it? It's isn't it? Thank you, Oliver. It is. The shift to colour is a stroke of genius. I, 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 it had me hooked, and the I won't spoil it, but the punchline at the end, I'm like, yeah, just perfect. Aww. Oh, so you bless be you. Proud of yourself. That's yeah. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks, Ollie. It, it what? Well, yeah, it was a nice little kind of just little, you know, little kind of extended sketch, I guess. But it was, it was, there was something quite charming about it. And um, you got and, great performances out of those actors as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were, you know, all pals, Jacqueline Boson, who's now on everything, you know, yeah. um, Jackie and, and, and Daniel Crossley, um, you know, one of my oldest um, friends, fantastic, you know, fantastic performer, actor and dancer, in fact, and singer, triple threat, as is Jacks actually, and, and Raymond Waring, who, you know, you know from many a film, 24-hour party people and blah, blah, blah. And I, I enjoyed it so much. It was my first short and I put it into a competition. I think about a thousand entries and it was um, shortlisted to the final 12, which was great. And I thought, oh, you know, yeah, it, it was it was really good. And so I did another cover music video and I did this film for the Regent Street Cinema. They did a funding campaign. So I had little opportunities to just try, you know, try it out. And then I had my son. So I've had a bit of a hiatus. But I went back to Richard Turner, who helped me with, with working on and um, I said, look, I've got this idea for a, for a feature. Do you want to, you know, sh should we sort of spitball this idea? And we did. We spent about a year writing the, the feature treatment and screenplay and started um, financing it. And it's a long old process. You know, you hear about films taking like 10 years to get, you know, to come about. So, yeah, I, I sort of hooked up with Wally and he said, listen, you know, I, I think there's something in this, this feature. Let's go out and see if we can raise some finance, uh, which we did. And we were doing well. And then at the beginning of this year, I thought I really want to sort of step this up. So um, we decided that a short film would be a good way, a good calling card for the feature. But it really is, you know, primarily um, a 20 minute version of the feature film. But it's it's a standalone. It's a standalone or film. It's only 20 minutes, but it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. If you like working lunch and go and see it, it's on YouTube and we'll find it. Yeah, you'll you'll um, you'll enjoy how succeeding biscuits without really trying. It's very funny, and it's the the, the central sort of conceit is um, the Chinese are getting into the digestive biscuits market, and this branding genius um, has been tasked with uh, with branding it and advertising it, giving it an identity over here. 
And so there's this container ship making its way to Antwerp full of 21,000 tons of um, yet-to-be-branded digestive biscuit. And this guy has completely lost his mojo. His wife's left him. He's taken all the company money. But he's got to come up with something. So he takes this hallucinogenic drug to kick off his creative juices. Oh, I love it. It's a bit nuts, but it's funny. It's good. It's cool. If you're into comedy, if you're into sort of John Waters or kind of, um, yeah, a site sort of Tootsie. And people can support it. And how can they do they that? Can they can? Okay, so we have an Indiegogo campaign at the moment. Um, so you, yeah, look up Indiegogo: How to Succeed in Biscuits Without Really Trying. I don't think everyone realizes how difficult it is to make a short film to the quality that we expect as an audience member. I, like, I think people. I'm, I'm not talking about cinema goers here. I'm, mm. I'm talking about the, the guy on the street. I don't think they realise just how much work has to go into these things. But you, you have to finance them to do them properly, to mm. make them to the standard that's in your head as a filmmaker. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm sort of waffling on about how you know great the story is. There are so many, so many talented people involved in even like a you know a three minute you know a thirty second ident or whatever it is. You've got, you know, you've got locations, so you have to get the right location. Anything, anything that doesn't gel in in visually what you're telling, you know, it's show don't tell. Anything that doesn't that that that, that doesn't work is going to pull someone out of that story, pull, you know, pull them out of the reality. Oh, we've got wonderful people involved. We've got my production designer. I was, I was speaking to this morning, Byron Volbent, who's been working with jo- Joanna Hogg on the Souvenir Two with wow. Swinton. He's a fantastic, yeah, visual artist. Oh gosh, our DOP Simon Richards is um, yeah wonderful um, storyteller with a camera. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, it just yeah yeah yeah, um, and all these people, all everything you need, the locations, the um, things. I mean, and, and COVID. This is what really has really sort of you know been a sticking point for us. We 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 had all our, our budgets last year. Everything was fine. We were going ahead into pre production for this year. And then COVID hit, and then suddenly you've got a whole load more you know expenses. Everybody has to be at least. To, at least a metre away the British Film Commission has been really helpful in putting guidelines together but it's like a 40 page document of things that you need to adhere to and it all costs money you know if, if, if you sort of work down the page of a script how much it's all going to cost and and that was the phenomenal thing at the bill you know how, how these schedulers and, 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 and how the producers and, and, and line producers who are the people who go through each line and say this is going to cost you this much this is going to cost you this, this much this is a thousand pounds this one item you know yeah, it's, it's it's an incredible feat, but it is. You're right to do it properly, to do it really properly. It's an extremely expensive hobby. It's like sort of, you know, horse racing or something. It's yeah, like, yeah. Just, you know, it's thousands. Um, yeah, yeah. you got to have the kit to to deliver the goods. Cameras, you know? yeah, like cameras. You know, sort of, you know, sound, hundreds sound of is... sounds. Yes, absolutely right. Got a, a wonderful sound guy and, and boom swinger and yeah, everybody. There's like. For a small film, there's 40 people sort of hanging around, you know, and it have to be, you know, have to be paid and yeah. should be paid and, and all that sort of business. Yes, but thank you for pointing that out, Ollie. It's a very good point. Well, also, like, your character has to go through what he has to go through to get his creative juices going. How do you keep yourself motivated, especially as a mum as, as well? That's that's a challenge in itself. Uh, with me, it's music. Music gets gets my mm. juices going and, and, and it just gets but also I, I know that sometimes I cannot maintain that level of 
creativity. You know, you need to recharge in between and then the light bulb comes on and you can get so much more done than when you're trying too hard. How do you maintain your creativity when you're, you know, you're you're being a very important human being as well at the same time to another human being, you know? Sure. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a lovely way of looking at it. I guess I think it's kind of, in a sense, it's easier to be creative when there are those time constraints and there is that pressure somewhere else. It's sort of like, okay, so I have this window, you know, whereas you can sit there when you don't, you just sit there for hours and sort of look out the window if you, on the weekends or the evenings, or whatever, you know, when you're busy in the day. But I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of lucky like that. I just have a, almost a compulsion to create. And I think in, in the back of my mind is a sort of, a story of okay so, so what if you don't do this you know what's going to happen if you don't do this and it's not so sort of like a conscious process that I go through in my mind but it's I know that it's not going to get done and that is you know just 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 awful it's like this thing wants to be born I, I think that's the the creative impulse it's like this thing has to be born and it's coming through this channel so it's just got to happen or that's that's certainly how I how I feel about it because it is you know uh, a lot of people, you know, other, other creatives, not a lot, but certainly with writing, because it's there's that kind of writer's block, that that blank page. Like, how you know, how are you going to fill this up? And yeah, I I think for me, it's the it's the stick, I guess. Well, it's a bit stick and a bit carrot because it's like I really want to, you know, this is going to be fantastic. I have that sort of mad self belief, I guess. This is brilliant. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't let the public go without this. You know, <laughs> as if. But someone's uh, got to think it, right? You know, right? Well, where where did this? Well, because you, you your your family, you you you've all got creative genes, haven't you? Your mum was a yeah. dancer. Your, your father was a musician. Uh, That's right. Brother is a music producer, like of, That's of right. serious quality. So, I'm guessing childhood for you, there was you were surrounded by creativity in some form or expression yeah certainly I guess it was my, my, my dad had a, a music studio in the house it's sort of enormous because he's a percussion player so it's not like playing the flute or you know the violin where you've got this one little kind of case my dad had a room full of you know kind of Tibetan gongs and um, timpani and um, um, xylophones and glocks and marimbas and yeah it was it was yeah he needed a big room for it all and he'd always be in there and a, and a sort of you know continuing memory for me is, is him sort of doing scales this con but it'd never go past it. it's like play something god damn it <laughs> stop with the scales you know um but yeah, it was, and, and we'd go to, you know, his concerts. He was in the BBC Symphony Orchestra. That was his kind of day job. But he also um, uh, did, yeah, did, 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 you know, movie soundtrack and Bond films. He was, you know, you'd have the, back in the 60s and Tim Pan Alley, you'd have the kind of the studios with these uh, enormous orchestras and, and, and somewhat, you know, wonderful. He worked with Henry Mancini and John Barry. Um, wow. And actually, I remember going, when I was at college, I was at college in King's Cross, and I remember going to meet him from work. And I was just going to meet him from work, but he was working with um, Jerry Goldsmith. <gasps> yeah, and, and, and I sort of, and I went in in my entitled way, like, I finished college, I'm going to meet my dad, you know, to get a lift home. And <laughs> it's in the Whitfield Street studios, and there's an enormous orchestra. And I said, right, where's my dad? And he was like, in there. So, um, and Jerry Goldsmith said, hey, pretty lady, come here, come sit next oh, to me. Wow. What do you think of this? And I was like, oh, it's very nice, but we do need to be <laughs> home for dinner. You know? um, but he was like, oh, right, okay, anyway. 
players. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I, yeah, I, yeah, I I was around that stuff and sort of probably took it, took it for granted. Yeah. Music for me is, you know, I've been around music a lot in my life and it is, it's um, an enormous inspiration. And all all those people that I've talked about are, you know, the John Barry's, the Henry Mancini's, um, and we lost Ennio Morricone um, yeah. previously, didn't we? Yeah, it's like these, yeah, amazing artists, but they're incredible artists, you know. Michael Kamen for me, he was my favourite film composer. Highlander, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Licence to Kill. It was just this sort of era where he had such a unique sound. In the same way, Goldsmith and Barry, they all have their own unique sound. And that, yes. That's what I love about these amazing composers, how essentially from the same lineup of instruments, they can all sound so different. Yes, absolutely right. And how many notes are there? I I wouldn't like, I'm not going to put (laughs) it out, but it's like this arrangement of all these notes and the, the, yeah, the the diversity and the um, tempo and, and, oh yeah, amazing. And actually my, my, we, I used to hear, I used to go to, um, uh, Stockhausen concerts, my uh, concerts. My, my dad worked quite closely with um, Stockhausen and, and Pierre Boulez, Boulez, as he was called. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, so you hear these incredible sort of things coming out of my dad's music room. These sounds like percussive, and not sort of you know, not, not, not melodious, but these incredible sonic landscapes. You know, just yeah, just wonderful. Which I think lend you know they, they lend themselves incredibly to film. Yeah. And at, at what point? did the acting bug take hold for you? Well, I, I initially, I, I trained to be a dancer and I, I danced, yeah, for a few years in a commercial, like with pop bands and stuff, um, when I first got out of college. And, and and just immediately it was like, that. no, this isn't it. This isn't what I'm looking for. And, and, and funny enough, around that, just around that time that I was feeling a bit disconcerted about what I was doing, a photographer who'd taken my sort of dancers 10 by you, it was have a 10 by eight as you do as an actor as well. Um, he contacted me and said, look, my, my friend's making this, this little short film. Short films really are the, the sort of stomping ground for, for so many creators, aren't they? Yeah, people get their, their first breaks. And he said, he, he saw your photograph and he thinks you're, 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 you know, you're perfect for this role with your audition. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay. You know, sort of, we had, obviously, I, 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 you know, we had acting training at, at college, but, you know, this was a you know, professional situation. And I'd only danced professionally until this point, but I sort of waltzed into this... Um, this uh, yes, audition and that's the kind of that was sort of how it all that's how it all started and, and the more I did the more I wanted to do and then I got in touch with or rather um, I auditioned for Simon Rumley who was um, uh, yeah he's a great sort of at the time a wonder kind you know he's I think he's a bit sort of he's not young enough now to be a wonder kind but um, <laughs> he was certainly yeah the, the, the great young hope of, um, of, of British film for time and he made a trilogy of films Strong Language, uh, The Truth Game, and Club Le Monde. Um, and I was, in, I was the only actor to be in all three. So I, I consider myself to be a muse, Simon. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I learned ton, tons from Simon, and that was, um, that was fantastic. That was, oh, great times, great times, Ollie. Because <laughs> uh, we were all so young and just doing stuff that, that you, you know, today you think, what are you doing? You're crazy you're trying to make this film, you know? And kind of, you know, guerrilla filmmaking in the street using, I remember, you know, we used someone's front door, I think, in South Kensington as, as if I was coming out as if I lived there. Just, you know, <laughs> at night. <laughs> we didn't have, what's that sort of, you know, that doorbell with cameras? We didn't have that stuff then. No, oh, so yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, to jump out of a little minivan and just quick and action. 
no get and go you know but yeah it's like so how do they get to that oh yeah well we, the discovery yes, of the acting so, bug. yeah that's right so so sort of then meet I, I think when you is with with anything in life if if you in fact, I was, I was listening to Auntie Dodd Mantle, who's an Oscar-winning cinematographer, and I was lucky enough to work with him on a film called Brothers of the Head for Film 4, which was Luke and Harry Treadaway's debut. And that was a fascinating film to be involved with. Absolutely brilliant. And anyway, so, so Anthony Dodd Mantle was our DOP, and I, you know, I was just sort of cooking my son's dinner and listening to him on this podcast, funny enough. And he was talking about, the interviewer, it's that sort of that great question for, you know, any young person who wants to do anything, whether it's in, in this business or whatever it is, how do you, how do you get your break? How do you get your, your place? How do you find your place? And he was, he was so lovely the way he talked about it. He's a lovely man, a gentle man and sensitive. And you can see it in, in his work, you know, but he said, um, he said that he, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this sort of paraphrasing, but he said that he came to, he came to it quite late. He said, you know, I was in my mid thirties and I hadn't, he shot his first film in his mid thirties. And he said, you know, all my other friends were getting married and buying cars and having kids and stuff. He said, and I still wasn't quite, you know, on my road. He said, but I made the decision. I made the decision about what I wanted to do. And it's like life met him. It's like in that choice point, life meets you. So putting focus on something that, that, you know, whatever you put focus on gets bigger. So if you're putting focus on something that you love doing and you're bringing that love and that joy into the world, my experience, I can only speak from my own experience, can't speak for anybody else, but my experience is life meets it. And it goes, yeah, and doors open. And, you know, synchronicities happen and coincidences happen. We've all, we've all experienced it, haven't we? But, you oh, know. Yeah, or you get that you get that moment where you just feel like why hasn't this happened before like it's just like a game changer and and you you can't look back in the same way yeah move forward yes but then everything else sort of makes sense because yeah. you couldn't be here until yeah it doesn't feel like you've grown much and you're like oh god why is this taking so long you know but yeah. Along the t along the way, you're learning, and it's like you know you, you can have it, but maybe just not now. You know you yeah. can have it, but you just need a bit more you know experience than this, that, and the other. So again, I forgot what the cross restaurant was, but I've just gone on riffing. And, well, no, it's great. I I love riffing. Ping pong, it's great. Yeah, I've said um, ping pong. <laughs> well, it seems to me, uh, and I, I I mean this extremely complimentary. Like of 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 the actors in the bill. You are one of the most filmic. You have a stillness and an intensity which I admire hugely because I think, I think your ear of a bill desperately deserves a reappraisal because I think you guys were making mini movies every week, uh, mm. particularly your like seven-part storyline. It's mm. a fucking good performance. I'm gonna swear it. it's brilliant. Be proud. Oh, thank you, Ollie. That's oh, that's that's really lovely. Thank you. Where where does that come from? Is that instinctive, or did you like study film acting, or is that just in here? I think I think when 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 you act and when you're like that's your decision. It's like I'm an actor. I think you're always acting. I think it's like it's like you're never off 
and so in your life there's you, you there's like a sort of you're, you're you're watching yourself you're you're watching your reactions you're you're you're, you're yeah you're you're always kind of studying yourself i guess and i think probably my generation we were brought up with you know sort of films from the 70s you know kind of um the new wave of of styles of film and, and listen i'm an enormous vintage film fan yeah I, I could rattle off a list of films that oh I, and i won't because I, I then i then sort of lose my memory and go oh but you know i'm i'm a massive yeah i'm a massive um vintage film fan but i think there is something about the films that were made in the 70s and 80s it's kind of I, I guess i'm talking about the you know the de niro's and the you know the, 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 that sort of era of, of filmmaking and filmmakers that that, that that did it bring it brought a you know it's kind of post 50s and, and i and i love doris day i think doris day is an incredibly underrated actress and just creative charisma you know I just I, I love her comic timing I love oh just yeah I could watch her I could watch her for, for days but there was something about you know suddenly in the 70s and I think you know the, the early 80s there was a sort of truth-telling in in the filmmaking and in the in, in, in the acting a, a new style coming through and we were probably you know, a bit before our time, but we were certainly brought up with that. And everybody, you know, m m my sort of, you know, my yearbook is full of actors, like guys. You always have a guy coming doing a bit of a De Niro, you know. <laughs> um, and we probably didn't have as much theatre, you know, in our background because years, you know, the, the 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 older generation would have done, you know, their repertory. They'd have been sort of touring theatres, and you know, whereas for us, it was it was low budget indie British film. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, what what we were doing, and so they they they, they just, the, the, you know, there are different techniques and smaller performances. But I would say, I mean, now people are crossing over theatre and film, and I watch some actors, and their internal world is so full. I'm just, I'm just astounded at some performances that I see now. I'm 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 such a fan, you know. I'm such a fan of actors. I think they're, I think they're incredible you know um and what they bring us and the storytelling and actually that's been you know part of the covid thing with everybody this financial situation there have been some really interesting conversations about you know where does the money where does the money go everybody is in giving things to food banks it's just just situations i don't want to get into politics but situations that we just really shouldn't be in in this day and age and i uh you know kids and oh god yeah you can just bring yourself down can't you mm. but alongside that there's i think i think everybody's realized how important how important art is and i don't mean the kind of the far away from us art hangings in sort of you know um far away exclusive galleries and i think they're important too i mean everything has its place right but you know the, the 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 box sets, the Netflix, the Amazons, the you know um, normal people, uh, you know, um, just the list goes on. The music, if we didn't have, it's fundamental to us, you know, to have stories and to have art in our lives and and and, and grassroots art. As I said, I'm not talking about art. You know, it's like we need to kind of reclaim this word art. It's like what's art? Well, my God, that's a conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's 
you know, it's a richness. She says with nothing behind her. I just, I want an, 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 an <laughs> anonymous. Yeah. Oh, it's really important to me, Ollie. <laughs> If you can't, if you've got no vision on this, you can't see, but I'm in this completely sort of like green screened sort of, you know, <laughs> frame, nothing yeah. going on, nothing except yeah. the plain white it's, Xerox it's, to my left. Nordic noir. It is. <laughs> I just haven't made those decisions quite yet. flew by right you'll be pleased to know but there's lots more gold dust in part two where we we dive a bit deeper into tanya's era on the bill i just love passionate creative people and i'm sure you'll join me in supporting tanya's crowdfund on indiegogo so that we can help her make how to succeed in biscuits without really trying uh, i'll pop the indiegogo link on all the usual places on facebook twitter and indeed patreon if you are a supporter of the bill podcast patron channel so a lot more bill chat to come in this surprise podcast that uh, has, has crept into the schedules rather quickly and why not Put your name alongside Tanya's on the closing credits of How to Succeed in Biscuits Without Really Trying. Check out Indiegogo for more details. Stay tuned. Bye for now. (laughs) 